Welcome to Fire Talk. We give you the latest updates on Southeastern University Athletics. I'm Ken Engel, president of Southeastern University. Our trusty co-host, Drew Watson, is out of town. So it's a privilege to uh, have with us our director of athletic communications, Donnie Smith. Donnie, great to have you here today. How you doing? Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's exciting week. It's a busy week you know, with a lot going on for homecoming. Uh, get to bring back some great alumni and, and treat them well over the weekend with a lot of home games. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting uh, weekend and uh, and love to see what all that. And we're going to talk about all that here yeah. in just a minute, but it's going to be great. Um, uh, you know, it, it's such an exciting time for our campus community when we do have homecoming. And so many, as you said, come back and it's all a great time to celebrate our incredible SU alumni. With that in mind, our guest today joining us on uh, Fire Talk is one of our alumni student athletes, Augie Schmidt. How you doing, Augie? Great. Great thanks, to have you here. Yeah, thanks. thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man, a privilege to have you back on campus. It's certainly uh, an honor for us to uh, host you uh, and, and hear a little bit about what's going on. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your career right now, your family. Uh, just yeah. give us an update. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, how many years it's been since I've been out of Southeastern? Uh, hard to count. Seventeen? Yeah, so 17, I did okay. undergrad and 16, master's and 18, and uh, left with a business degree here and a master's in business, and then got into the commercial real estate realm. Uh, so been in that ever since and changed roles a little bit in commercial real estate, but uh, beautiful family, very blessed. I have a beautiful wife, Brittany, and then we have three kids. So uh, we have AJ, who's eight, Balin, my daughter is six, and then Maverick, he's the baby at uh, eight months old. Wow. So uh, very blessed man, yeah. That's incredible. So commercial real estate, what was what was the interest there? Tell us a little bit more about how you got into that side of the world. Yeah. So the way that it started, I was always interested in real estate and most people are, and it's no, it's no secret that real estate is a great wealth building tool. And so I've always been interested in it from a young kid, but really commercial real estate. And, and, and like many people, we just don't give it too much thought or really don't know what it is. And, and to explain it in a nutshell, it's everything that's not a, a residence. And it gets confusing because you have multifamily properties, and that's a, a lot of residences, but big apartment complexes. But I never really gave commercial real estate much thought, but I was always very interested in, in real estate in general. And I, I had that interest coming out of college and really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And it was pretty crazy of how I got into the business because I had our season just ended. We uh, just lost up at uh, Lindsey Wilson. Yeah. And I went back all of a sudden, you know, when – my football career was over after playing five years here. It was like I had the ability to take on like three full-time jobs. You know, I had I had all the time in the world, uh, and was used to a, a you know a slam schedule. So immediately it's like okay, like hey, I'm a senior. You know, doing uh, my master's online, and let's um, you know go start to look for a job. And I. In the meantime, I went back to work for facilities and work in landscaping, and I did that every summer here. It was an easy, you know, job for, I'd say not easy, but easier to get. They always needed, you know, uh, young, strong guys to be in the, the landscaping department and do facilities. So uh, me and a bunch of other teammates would do that during the summer. And I went and did that right after uh, the football career ended. So uh, I was doing that and then trying to find employment. And it was, it was really crazy how it happened to get into commercial real estate because I talked to a good buddy of mine, Sanoa Lawson, who also played yeah. here. And my favorite uh, tagline about Sanoa is that he's the, you know, scored the first, first touchdown, touchdown yeah. in school history, um, but it was in the third quarter. So we, uh, <laughs> that, was a, that was a hard game for us um, and trick play too, um, but, but we got it. But um, Sanoa is a, a really great friend of mine, was in my wedding and 
he was an intern at a local commercial real estate firm. And we really didn't talk too much before this, but I was doing the landscape and looking for a job. And I was really, really distraught and just upset. Like I was, you know, playing the comparison game. I'm seeing all my other friends go sign big jobs. And um, I was really down on myself. And I ended up going home and, and praying really hard for a job. And it was still one of the craziest things to this day was the, the second that we got done praying, amen, ding, phone goes off. And Sanoa said, like, it was like 10 o'clock at night on a Tuesday. And I was like, hey, hey, bro, I got to, he's like, I, I might have an opportunity for you. Call me tomorrow. And I was like, I'm up right now. Like, <laughs> like, can you talk right now? And uh, all in all, so got my foot in the door as a research analyst uh, at a local commercial real estate firm. And then, you know, from there, I knew my gifts and abilities were more uh, aligned to go sell commercial real estate. So did the research role for a couple of years, but then got licensed and then ended up, uh, you know, starting to sell commercial real estate. Yeah, that's awesome. How's the economy affecting that right now? Yeah, so uh, the headlines, what you'll what you'll read on commercial real estate is that, uh, you know, commercial real estate, there's a big downfall or there's a big slump. And uh, people ask me about this all the time. And I say, if you're an office building in a tertiary market uh, or in California, then yes, it's, it's not looking good. Okay. Um, but the other different types of commercial real estate, really there's four in total. So the others are retail assets, multifamily assets, and industrial properties. So all of those assets, you know, it's makes up more than probably 80% of the commercial real estate okay. sector. Um, all those are still very strong and uh, there's not there's not much concern there. I mean, I think, you know, interest rates have uh, done exactly what they uh, were designed to do and, and, you know, raising interest rates. So it slowed things down some, but overall in the overall, you know, like commercial real estate sector, uh, things seem to be good. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Let's talk football. Um, yeah. You know, 10 years ago, you're a part of the very first fire football team. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about what led you to commit to SU, especially when there was no football team at the time. I mean, how, how, how did that motivate you? Yeah. Yeah. So funny story. I actually... Um, out of high school, I played here locally at Lake Gibson up on the north side of town and always, you know, wanted to stay home and wanted to be, you know, close by. And I actually wrote football off for a period of time until, um, I realized God had different plans for my life. And, um, I just knew the calling on my life was to go to school and to play football and through college when all the other odds, it just didn't seem that that was going to happen. Um, and then fast forward, I end up, you know, looking at schools and, and talking to a few, and I ended up talking to Warner. And I went on a tour and met the coaching staff, and the coaching staff was great. The location kind of was a big turnoff for me, and it was kind of out in the middle of the desert, but I didn't have many options to go play, uh, to go play college football. So the plan was to, like, try out or do a, um, do a walk on there. And I actually was looking for places to train here in Lakeland to, cause they were doing like a combine 40 yard dash, you know, the, the, the eye drill, um, and a few other things. And I was looking for a place to train here close to home. And I was driving through Longfellow one day and I really didn't know much about Southeastern growing up on the North side of town. I knew it was here. Um, but I actually went out to the soccer field, which is now the stadium. Right. And I just set up cones and I started running around in the field. And then somebody had came out to me and they said like, Oh, Hey, are you? Cause I was, you know, not having football as a sport at the time. I was 6'2", 290 pounds. Uh, they saw me running drills out there, and they're like, you don't play any sports here. Like, there's no <laughs> sports that really fit your body type. So they asked me, they said, oh, are you, like, one of the new incoming football players? And I was like, no. I was like, 
I, I didn't know you guys had a football team. And so then it started to start to go from there and ended up getting connected with uh, with Coach Bearfield yeah, yeah. and uh, Coach Richie Marsh as well. And um, and that's that's where the conversation started. So yeah. let's awesome. talk. Let's talk Bonnie Park. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Coach Bearfield was a big Bear Bryant fan and admirer. Bear mm-hmm. Bryant had the Junction Boys when he was at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. And then Coach Bearfield had the Bonnie Park Boys, mm-hmm. named after where you guys first started. Yeah. Talk about those practices. Um, I guess they were football practices. I didn't see a football <laughs> out there very much, so yeah. I was confused in my first year. But yeah. <laughs> walk us through how that helped develop kind of the character of this team, if you will. Yeah, and uh, and also to answer a little more on Dr. Engel's question was, Bearfield did an incredible job on selling the vision. So when at that soccer field, um, I, ta- I started to talk to the coaches, and then I had a meeting with Coach Bearfield, and he took me up to the third floor of Dustino where his office was, and then he just he took me out on the balcony and just showed me the soccer field and said, like, this is where our stadium's going to be. We're going to build a big stadium, and, like, it's you know it's going to be great. And I'm just like... Okay, maybe, like, hopefully. Um, So he really sold me on the vision. And then, you know, from there, like, uh, they had the vision. And, um, And then ultimately, like, the the backing of the of the university and we can talk maybe more about that later but that's one thing that I think was just drastically different between Southeastern and any other school we played against um, the you know the people that were making the decisions to bring football on campus you guys were really behind it yeah really behind it you know you can say you want to do something and you say like we'll allocate a little bit of money towards this or whatever or you're gonna say we're gonna do this and it's gonna be great and and you guys made it great so. Um, from there, you know, we start the program and then we, we go to Bonnie Park. That's kind of where we start practices at. And everything was was kind of just, you know, at first it's like you don't real have, you know, real facilities. It took time to build the weight room and the stadium and all these things. So, yeah, we had we had kegs full of water out there. Uh, at least I, I believe they were full of water. Uh, <laughs> I, I know they were heavy. Uh, but, you know, sandbags and all types of drills that we were running out at Bonnie Park. And... That is where, you know, as you were saying, like with, with Bear Bryant, it's, um, that's where the tone, I believe, of the program was set. set right. and, and that's, you know, when people ask me about the program and, and you know, how, how we got to, you know, a couple conference championships in a short period of time. And I said, like, we, you know, the starting point of which we started at was probably, you know, years beyond uh, many other programs when they first start. And a lot of that was simply the caliber of coaches that were brought in, but also the intensity and the, the standard. The standard was incredibly high. And that's one thing I'll, I'll, I'll never forget is, um, you know, we always had, uh, we always had players coming in here that, you know, they were, they were studs in high school. They were, they were incredible football players and they thought like, Hey, I'm just going to walk on and be the, the star of the team. And like those guys end up being second, third string or not yeah. playing at all because the competition was crazy. And, uh, and everybody's extremely hungry and new program and the coaches really set the tone at Bonnie Park. So, you know, those, those workouts were, were pretty brutal. And, um, and yeah, like I said, I think ultimately, it wasn't a lot of a lot of hoorah. It wasn't a lot of talk. A lot of talk. It was it was a whole lot of work, and and that, like I said, really set the standard in my eyes for the program. So then, when we have the stadium, when we have the nice weight room, when we have all these things, it's like, hey, we're not we're not rooted in these like shiny objects or material things. Like yeah. we're gonna be a dang good football team, yeah. and and we're gonna go steamroll the opponent. So that's yeah. that's what we're about. And 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 you did. I mean, my goodness, you, as a player, you won three conference championships. Yeah. Uh, what do you think was? And that's I mean, that's 
extraordinary for a young start uh, program yeah. like that. And yeah. uh, so what do you think were the keys to that early success? Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of it is is the standard that was set and coming in at such a higher level because most startup programs, it's like, hey, let us figure this thing out, you know, for the first couple of years. And that's the expectation. You know, if you expect to go in there and just like play games and like, hey, we just want to have all the equipment. We just want to go compete. We want to have a full roster and like, you know, just play and and be certified to play in the NAI and, and, and get games done. Um, that wasn't that wasn't what we were about. Like all that stuff obviously had to be done, but you know the standard was that we're going to win football games right. and we're going to compete at a very high level, and um, and you know that was the thing of of starting out that first year. I can't remember how many ranked opponents we had that first year, but I know Faulkner being the first game. Right, right. I want to say they were nineteen. They were tenth. The tenth. Okay, yeah. So I'll I'll never forget that game. That was, you know, going from high school and then skipping a year to to kind of do the redshirt thing and train, you know, for an entire year here. And then to uh, walk onto that campus and play some of those guys, I'll never forget, like, you know, the, the, the defensive ends that you face in high school are like, the good ones are like six foot to six two, you know, 230, 250 pounds and like decently filled out, you know, those are the good uh, defensive ends in, in high school. And they ran a, they ran a three, four. So they had a little bit bigger defensive ends, but the guy we ran across, lined up across from, he was, one of them was 6'5", 310 pounds, <laughs> yep. and the other was 6'3", wow. 330. And these are the ends. And, like, <laughs> I, I want to say he told me he was, like, 27 years old and had a kid, and I was just like, this is a, this is a, I'm 19. It's I'm like, this, this yeah. is a grown man lining across from me. So um, the, the way the schedule was stacked, the standard coming in, and, like, to, to go through that, that first year and, like, and, and play a number 10 team and uh, didn't do well the first half, but ended up, you know, yeah. fighting and, and scratching and clawing back uh, for the second half. But ultimately, like I said, the the year of incredible hard work we put in in the beginning, the standard that the coaches set, and really, like, from Southeastern, like, that's a, that's a standard that the university has. Yeah. And I think that's what Bearfield knew coming in because yeah. he had a job to do, and you all hired him to do a job, right. but ultimately – from the top down, it's like we know, and he knew, especially the standard of the university. I think, you know, Drew and you guys, like it was, the standard was was not to just like play games. The right. the standard was to establish an incredible program. And, you know, it's exactly what you guys did. So, so good. Yeah. Unshakable faith, unbreakable brotherhood. Yeah. Tell us what that means to you and how that came to be. Yeah. So I actually came back here for, for spring and fall practice. And when I, when I heard him break it down on that, uh, it was, it was, it was incredible. It was awesome. It was awesome to hear that that's still rooted here at the culture. And I think that sums up, you know, what I'm talking about, the standard that's been set and, and, you know, what we're talking about and, and thinking with how do we compete at this high level of playing football and, you know, the standard that the coaches set while we talk about that, you know, that, that term didn't come up until year three or year four of playing games. So some people think it happened at the very beginning. And I, I talked to, when we did our 10 year uh, anniversary for the football team, I talked a little bit about this, but really the unshakable faith, unbreakable brotherhood that was set in the beginning. 
you know, so that was the, that was the standard that was the bond. So like that slogan, even though it wasn't like nobody said it yet, that was what we were for years before that. So, you know, you build it and then it was like, Hey, let's put a name on it. Um, and then that's ultimately what we did at that. Um, I want to say it was my junior senior year, but to see that that is still rooted in this, in this culture and in football today, it's, it's incredible. And, and, like I was saying, because it's it's hey, while the standards to go win great football games and, and do well here, coaches, staff, and the very first meeting we had, it was very very clear that we are here to raise you as young men in Christ, yeah. and that was that gives me chills because that is something that I am most grateful for in this program. That's what's most important about this program, and. I believe that's what that sums up is, is not only the standard that we're going to set, um, athletically, academically, but spiritually and, and personally, because as we all know, like these young men that are coming in here, it is, a you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. It's a, it's a time in their life where, um, a lot of directions needed and that being the, the, the true and the, and the top priority Absolutely. raising young men in Christ, um, that's, that's incredibly meaningful. Yeah. And, and as you do reflect over your time at SCU, um, how, how did God use these years to shape you, to mold you in who you are today and the success that he's blessed you with? Yeah, no, good question. I would say the first thing was I was a new believer when I came to Southeastern. And when I got to Southeastern, my perspective of Christianity and specifically men in Christianity, because I was a, a young man and, and becoming a man, and my perspective, I really didn't know what to think. I think culture can sometimes call it weak or soft or you know things like this. And when I got to Southeastern, I immediately saw men of God, and one of them was yourself, uh, Chris Owen. Uh, I saw on stage, uh, I saw I saw Drew, and I saw all these other men around me that were, you know, much older than me, and they had families, they were successful in their careers, um, they were really cool guys, and that was one of the things, like, you know, sometimes culture can say, or culture, I thought previously that, like, Christianity was corny or not cool or whatever, and I looked at you guys and, like, the Chris Owens of the world, and I said, these guys are cool. These guys are really cool. And they have beautiful families and they're very successful in their careers. And they're, they, they really seem like they're having a lot of fun. Like, this is cool. And I was a brand new Christian. And to see men of God live out their calling um, and, and, and just spread the gospel wherever they go and how they live their life every single day, that was the most impactful thing for me. And I would say that is the number one thing that I took away from this, this university. And ultimately, like, like the success, you know, and it's, it's uh, the definition of success, you know, we could, that could be a whole other conversation. But I would say that I'm most successful because of that mm. and because, you know, how I can lead my family, how I can love my bride, how I can raise my kids in the light of the Lord. And um, when hardships arise, when things don't go your way, when you're down at halftime, when um, whether it's you know, financial aid or grades or so-and-so, somebody you know kicked off the team or something happens and uh, how you deal with adversity, um, you know, how you, how you look darkness in the eyes and, and, and if you're a man of Christ and how you deal with those things. So 
those are the most important things that I would say has contributed to my success um, as a man of Christ. And like I said, first and foremost, the family, uh, the family, and me raising my kids—that's that's, that's uh, what's most important to me, and how how I lead my family, and then ultimately how I operate in the community, and what we do for work and what we do for business is important. And I, and I like to you know make that as a great contribution to the community and the organizations we like to support. And uh, we're we're having a lot of fun in business, and we're uh, we're doing well, and we're having really good impact there. Um, but really, just. Um, like I said, uh, doing everything from a gospel perspective and always pointing back to Christ, knowing that, you know, I can't do anything without him yeah. is, uh, is really what I've taken. You know, that's, this is, that's how the university has molded me to the man of God I am today. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. All right. If we were to, we'll give you a wrap up question. If we were yeah. to pull all the freshman student athletes together at Southeastern, load them up into Buena Vida East mm-hmm. and Augie Schmidt's going to be the featured speaker. What's the piece of advice that you give that group? That's a good question. So I would say, I would say to pay attention and dig really deep in the areas of, of personal, personal development and spiritual development. And kind of a, a little bit of, of what I just touched on is what I've told some of those football guys before is on the football field, and in the football field, the weight room, mostly in that chapel, those are the three areas on campus that I've made the biggest strides personally, professionally, spiritually. Um, that has what shaped me into the man that I am today. So what I would tell the freshmen on the, the the freshman class on campus is to dig deep into those different areas and in the things that the university is doing and um, whether it's uh, the Bible studies or whether it's chapel and, you know, digging deep into the person that God is calling you to be. And in using this time, you don't, most, most students don't have other, you know, financial responsibilities. Uh, Most of them don't have, you know, other, like at least full-time jobs or kids or, or things like that. So this is a time that's very special and just don't waste it. I think a lot of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of kids and um, probably a lot of universities across the country, it's uh, time to go have fun and and, and party and do all those things. But uh, what you guys are doing here at Southeastern is incredibly special. And it's a a very, very, um, it's a gift for these kids. And I hope and pray that they can just lean into that seize it and uh, they dig in, they reach out to mentors. Um, you know, the, uh, I know all the, uh, like the RDs and, and all the people that are, uh, wanting to pour into them that, um, like I said, they kind of let their guard down a bit and, and, uh, you know, get that from the university, dig into who, you know, God is calling them to be and just, you know, fully step into that. Yeah. Powerful advice, powerful wisdom. And you yeah. are evidence that you have followed that. And, uh, man, God's blessed you. God's blessed you with a great family, great career, and uh, just uh, grateful for you and and the contribution you're making to our culture, our community, our world. It's just significant. Thank you for coming today. We're honored to have you here and and to be on the show. And once again, just to hear your amazing story and and all that God's done. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Augie. Well, Publix Delivery, powered by Instacart, between work and to-do list, Publix knows your time is valuable. Let them help you regain time in your day by delivering groceries to your door. 
Make sure you learn more at publix.com backslash shop. I think it's a great, uh, great service that Publix is providing. Absolutely. I think in just kind of wrapping up the conversation with Augie, you think back to all the work that went into building this football program, all the meetings, all the late nights, uh, the lightning delays. Uh, To visit with a guy like Augie all these years later after he's left the program to hear the impact that it's made, uh, all the mentors that he developed here, it really makes all that worth it and so much more special. Absolutely. That's, uh, yeah, love hearing those stories and, and everything that we were intentional in doing and setting out, we, we see it came to life and it was applied. So absolutely yeah, powerful. Well, let's jump into our, our sports of the week. Uh, let's jump right into starting with volleyball. The team is sitting at second in the Sun Conference. They have an eight and two record, 17 and four overall, with their only conference loss being to number 23, St. Thomas. We continue to have this amazing year. How do we do last week? Yeah, last week went one and one, picked up a big win over Weber International. I think what I was most impressed with in that game in the home contest is it was it was back and forth in the first set, pretty tight all the way through, and then finally uh, just kind of stepped up and made some plays on defense, which kind of helped spur our offense a little bit and take that first set and, and got us to a sweep. Um, things got a little tight there in the third set, had to fight back again. So just seeing some of that upperclassman grit after having gone through uh, so much and just knowing what to expect, I think has kind of paid dividends. Um, tough one on Saturday against St. Thomas, again, number 23 in the country, so a very solid program. Uh, but I think the way that things are shaping up, we'll, we'll get a third shot at them. It's very, very difficult to beat a team three times in a season. Sure. Um, so we'll probably be seeing them in the in the postseason at some point. Yeah, and I was glad to see another win at home. It was it was great. But what were some of the highlights of that matchup? Yeah, I, I, and you talk about the the home game. The crowds have been great. Yeah. The student support's been outstanding. Uh, you know, I think seventeen and four will help that. Uh, those kids are on campus a lot, so have developed a lot of relationships and and have gotten people out to the gym. Uh, Grace Petty's having a great season for us. Probably a, an all conference candidate. Had twelve kills in that contest, and and just as a team, the way that they were able to hit and attack the ball, uh, forty four total kills, a three thirty nine attacking percentage. Uh, Cambry Pope added to the offense and also helped out on on defense with fifteen digs. Uh, and Ellie uh, Postlethwaite, another big game uh, setting with 37 assists and contributed on defense as well with 12 digs. Yeah. And our motivation should be we got to beat St. Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> we got to beat St. Thomas. So, uh, you know, because they've been pretty dominant. Yeah, and like you said, that's that's been the only blip so far on the Sun Conference schedule. So uh, the good news is there we've we've probably got seven sets of film to look back on, and and as we go into the conference tournament, you've got to take it one game at a time. But that's that's going to be a key focus in, in trying to figure out a strategy to defend their their high powered offense and and figure out a way to get something going against their block. Yeah, what's up next for the team? Yeah, a couple matches this week. Today they're going to be heading down uh, to take on Warner. And then coming up on Saturday, they'll be at home uh, for the whiteout game. Uh, so make sure if you're coming to the game at 2 o'clock against Kaiser, uh, you're wearing white. Uh, that'll be the, the theme all homecoming. Uh, Kaiser, we played really well down at their place, so they're probably going to come in uh, a little sour trying to get that taste out of their mouth and, and try and respond from a tough loss at their place. Uh, we hit really well, probably the best we've ever hit in a Sun Conference match uh, going back to, to 2009. Um, so we're going to need another big offensive effort. We're going to need another big crowd there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk football. Um, you know, we had our first loss in the Sun Conference play, losing to number six Kaiser, big, uh, big score, 51 to 21. What do you think went wrong uh, from your point of view? Yeah. And in, in talking with 
Coach Wall, after the game, it's it just kind of avalanche pretty quick. Um, you know, a slow start on one side of the ball, and then Kaiser gets a big play. Um, we get stopped, get a turnover. Uh, they make another big play, and all of a sudden, you're you're down two scores, uh, down 27 at halftime, and and that's a big hole to dig out of. And then finally, once we kind of got something going on offense, got some stops on defense, uh, just a little too late. I think the encouraging part was seeing so many young players on defense late in that game against the number seven team. They were able to step up and show that they belonged and fit in and get some valuable experience as they get ready to move forward. Um, so the the score is a little tough. It's always always tough to take the loss, but I think there's some positives that they can take out of it, especially with some of the young guys that they saw that got some key minutes there late on and and also found a way to move the ball there late in the contest. So what's up next? Got another tough one, homecoming night, so hopefully a a big crowd when we take on Florida Memorial. They actually average the ninth most yards in all of NCAA or NAI football. So only uh, LSU, Oregon, uh, six Division three teams and Central Missouri average more yards per game than Florida Memorial. Oh, so wow. our defense has their work cut out for them. Um, uh, we're going to need to find a way to get started early, uh, especially on offense. Um, and defense is going to need to slow down this attack a little bit and get the ball back. Yeah. Now, where are they in the Sun Conference? They're tied with us for second okay. place. So us, St. Thomas, and Florida Memorial all at 3-1 and one in the league. Okay, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens uh, Saturday night, so we want to make sure everybody comes out for that game. Let's talk about women's soccer. Uh, we took down Weber 2-1 to one on Saturday as our seniors were honored. Uh, tell us a little bit about that game. Yeah, nice bounce-back game. Tough loss at Kaiser on Wednesday. Um, ended up getting a little banged up in that game, and, and you're getting late into the season, so everybody's kind of dealing with some issues and some soreness a little bit. So uh, just impressed at the way that they were able, able to battle back on Saturday uh, against in a rivalry game, a team that's always going to play you tough, um, kind of pack it in defensively, so going to limit the opportunities. Uh, let's take a look back at, at some of the highlights from that game on Saturday against Weber International. Actually found ourselves down a goal early on uh, what was unique and this is always something I enjoy about our games is on senior night when somebody that you honor before the game makes a play like that going right around the defender and tying the game at one uh, that's one of my favorite moments you're, you're playing one of your last games on campus so it's a 1-1 game down to about 37 minutes to go and then Ariadna Lozano takes advantage of a mistake and finds the game-winning goal. Wow. So a great play by a senior, and then a sophomore is able to catch up and and just apply some additional pressure, force a mistake, and take advantage of it. What about the Kaiser game? Kaiser game was tough. You know, again, they're... They were in a bad mood after we beat them 2-0 at our place, so they came in with a lot to prove. Got a goal early uh, from Madeline Davidson, uh, just unable to sustain it uh, on a hot day in in West Palm Beach, and again, ended up a little shorthanded at the end of that game. Uh, But again, those are are two top 25 teams. Uh, We're still sitting at 13th in the latest poll that came out today, so just trying to keep pace a little bit and and really a chance to wrap up a, a regular season championship this week if we get a favorable result and a win on Saturday. Yeah, so so what is it on tap again this week? Yeah, so team on their way right now to take on Florida Memorial okay. in Miami Garden. Yep. Shout out to Bus 35, all of our loyal uh. listeners there uh, tuned in. And then a home game on Saturday against SCAD, who's number five in the latest poll. Uh, with the right result, we have a chance at winning the regular season championship. All right, so let's uh, move on to men's soccer. Um, Fire went one-on-one on the week, I think, right? Yep. Yep. And we had a 4-1 win at Weber International on Saturday, uh, but then dropped – 
to uh, number 17 Kaiser 2-1 last Wednesday. Yeah, again, uh, the team responding in a big way, just like we talked about with the women's team. Um, just had some struggles on offense in that Kaiser game. Ended up playing the last 45 minutes um, down a man due to a red card in the contest. Uh, so really a, a one-goal game against a, a number 17 team playing with 10 on the field. Uh, I think you probably take that, but I think, you know, in talking to Coach Clay a little bit after the game, there was still some frustration because there were some opportunities uh, even to score shorthand and either win or tie that contest. So uh, teams trying to, to put it back together this week, big one tonight uh, as they host Florida Memorial. That'll be senior day. Uh, big senior class for that group. A handful of graduate students and some others that are in their fourth year will be honored before the contest. And then they'll travel to SCAD on Saturday to wrap up the regular season. So that put them at 9-4-2 overall, right? Nine, and 7-4-1 and and in Sun, Sun Conference play. Yep, sitting yep. at third. Excellent, excellent. Let's talk about golf. Uh, women, uh, women and men's golf. What uh, what took place? I got or, nervous when you said let's talk about golf. Are you going to talk about my <laughs> golf game? Because let's let's not do exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want to talk about mine either. So <laughs> no, fire golf. They look great right now. Uh, coming off of a big win, kind of put it back together after some early struggles uh, in the fall season. Uh, both the men's and women's won the Gyrene Invitational down at Ave Maria in the Naples area. Uh, Marley Smith tied for first, lost the tiebreaker, uh, but still it counts as a win for her. And then Matthew Sosin. Uh, who's trying to become our first three-time All-American, uh, I'm sorry, four-time All-American, uh, played really well, had a five-shot victory. So it seems like they've kind of put things back on track. Uh, an exciting weekend coming up for them next week, too. Yeah, that's great. Looking forward to that. Let's talk cross-country. Uh, heard we had a good weekend in the NAIA Appalachian Ch Challenge last week. Yeah, last chance to kind of put some things together for the conference championship, run against the number one team in the country uh, in Milligan and, and kind of see where we stack up. Um, Men's team looks solid. John Perez Dunn shaved a second off of his school record. Uh, women's team had one of their best performances of the season. Um, so they're they're trending the right way. They've got an off week this week, and then they'll head to Ave Maria uh, next Friday. I'm sorry, next Saturday for the conference championship. Great, exciting what they're doing. Uh, homecoming, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of great things happening on homecoming. We sure do. Uh, exciting week. Uh, we're going to start on uh, Friday. Uh, Hoops Madness, the red-black wrestling duel. So those are going to go back-to-back. -back. Chance to see everything there. Um, and then Saturday. Uh, Explain Hoop Madness a little bit. What, what is yeah, that exactly? I, I think it originated, uh, you know, you see in the Division One programs like Kentucky does their Big Blue Madness or Midnight Madness. So once the clock hits 12.01 on the NCAA day that you're allowed to actually begin practice, it's a big fan fest open practice. So we decided we'd do that ourselves. So it's not... It's not like the X's and O's practice. It's kind of a fun fan gathering. They're going to do a lot of things that are exciting. We've seen dunk contests in the past. I think there's going to be some skits. Just a chance for, for everybody to get to know the team and, and get them excited about the upcoming season. Yeah, so wrestling, some basketball, yeah. football. I mean, we've got a lot of things going for homecoming weekend and definitely want everybody out. Uh, let's talk about eSports. What's new with eSports? Yeah, big win in uh, FIFA on Monday uh, over Stockton University. Uh, so Hector coming up with a 2-0 win there um, after a 2-1 loss to uh, Gallaudet. I think one neat thing that's been uh, to kind of start uh, covering eSports is just the chance to play all these different schools. Uh, you're no longer restricted by geography. Um, and, you know, when you're you're around the business long enough, you get to make friends at other places. So when I see Gallaudet pop up on the schedule, I get to text uh, basically my counterpart over there, Sam, and say, you know, good luck tonight. Uh, you're going to need it. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, it's neat to kind of build those rivalries right. elsewhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, so good. Well, that's a wrap for uh, for our show today. And, and Donnie, always uh, appreciate when you can join as co-host. And, uh, yeah, it's always fun. I want to remind everybody to come out again for our home games this week. We have a Holmes men's soccer match against Florida Memorial. That's tonight at 7. Wrestling will host the Black and Red Duel on Friday at 6 p.m. Hoops Madness takes place at 9 p.m. Women's soccer plays at home in the big matchup on Saturday versus number 5 SCAD. That's at 1 p.m. Volleyball is at home at 2 p.m. And then fire football is 7 p.m. at the stadium. Yep, just remember it's whiteout weekend for homecoming and check seufire.com for all the details. All right, take care, everybody.